Konnichiwa, welcome to the Aikido Cast. Uh, it's the video game podcast from the bar called Aikido. Joined this week by Toby, who can only be described as the uh, Mafia Don of the whole establishment. It's what I like, yeah. Yeah. To my right, Davey. Hello, how's it going? Are you well? You can't hear me. I'm well. I'm, yeah, I'm quite well, yeah. And then he doesn't like tea he likes coffee my dear he likes his toast done on both sides you can hear it in his accent when he talks he's a new york man in lincoln chris how are you i'm doing okay still here for some reason you guys keep inviting me <laughs> i haven't figured it out yet but it's because we don't have to still hasn't yeah. quite realized because trump had found him yeah. <laughs> yeah. we have to keep you here underground because you're not allowed to be living in the surface <laughs> I only tune in to hear what frightful stuff you're going to say next, to be honest with you. I can't wait to hear his stories about uh, what's a scary situation you've been in. Exactly, because it's a Halloween-themed episode yes. this week. You know, inevitable, if nothing else, if you're going to do a podcast around the end of October, it's going to be Halloween-themed. Um, you may notice, though, listeners, there's an absence of the raven. He's flown the nest. Goodness knows what he's doing. He's migrating. He's migrating, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a migratory bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the news will be in honour of Rave, very weak. Uh, and, and probably lacklustre. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, he, he ditched us last second, didn't he? So. Yeah. Well, we'll blather through it as best that we can. Um, so normally we do a round robin of what you've been playing. So we shall go in and anti-clockwise. What the hell is Formation. that? It means can't that you can't 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 against the clock. Not anti terrorism, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. It's not a familiar female sister. It's not your mum's sister. <laughs> so tell me, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of uh, old SNES games, and uh, I think I've had an increase in, in blood pressure uh, issues because some of them are freaking hard, and I forgot how hard a lot of them were. I was playing like Castlevania, like the Super Castlevania, whatever, Ooh. and that's that's a great game. It's hard. It's classic. I played it as a kid. I beat it as a kid. The only way I was able to beat it now was well, with the help of my wife, because honestly, <laughs> she was got really easy. And me, I told you I had to do a backflip. Well, that was Castlevania <laughs> X. That ah. That's even harder. It's like NES hardness on the SNES. Great game. I never played it before. I never knew it existed until I had an SNES Mini with that thing hacked onto it. It was, it was really awesome. I liked it. Um, and uh, then I played a ridiculous game. Uh, me and the missus played a Goof Troop on the SNES. Actually, great that's co-op game to, to go game. play. Yeah. You played it? I think I've played it back in the day. I, I remember enjoying it. I never knew it existed. And if I was a kid and I did know it existed, I'd probably make fun of you for wanting to rent it at the video game <laughs> store in front of your mom. And then we would probably get like Contra or something. But, or whatever, the, you know. But like that that uh, game was awesome. It was, the car, uh, it was pretty good as well. Mm. I don't really remember. Was it Goofy? Yeah, it's Goofy, goofy and, and his kid. kid. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goofy it's a, a kid, yeah. Great two-player game. It's like, you know, like... Top down looking, and it's kind of like Zelda like when you get to a new, like, 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 uh, you know, page or screen or whatever. And, Is it uh, not a bit more like Zombies at My Neighbors? You played that? Yeah, I, I brought that up actually uh, a couple episodes ago, I think. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, someone else, like, someone, someone's taken a week off and hadn't listened to our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> call me scum. <laughs> call me scum. And that's how you catch them. What makes sense? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we, we got him. Set up. <laughs> 
That's true. Yeah, smash it out of the park. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, no, but it, it's not as like action packed as that's a little slower and I'd say easier because as long as you don't run out of lives on the screen, like you just like go off the screen and one person, if one person runs out of lives, you go off the screen, they come back. So you both have like two or three lives back. Um, simpler puzzles, except maybe like the last puzzle will like kind of be stressful, but a couple hours play through, like great afternoon, evening. Like, I think like maybe with like a kid, I don't know how you know how old kids get before they can play video games like you know that pulse thumb they figure figure it out whatever but yeah it's uh i think it'd be good for like playing with a kid or playing with straight out the wound spouse playing playing friend. yeah it's true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not my controller no way center jesus to be fair that's a nice game in snack, so. <laughs> <laughs> chris k's at work it's a bit chewy though but say if we put like a you like your control channel it'd be much worse on it well, I can't say that. We're in a bit of a pandemic. Oh. My controllers are very clean. Everything's clean. I get wiped down. I get sprayed. Only yeah. me. Yeah. I get sprayed. I'm surprised you're going to hear yourself away for that hazmat suit. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the only way I can wear it. Like Death Stranding, you have to wear all this gear. <laughs> Chris Gates took us on a journey through what can only be described as 16-bit heaven. Where are you going to walk us through? I've been playing mostly a game called Cloudpunk, actually. And I oh, think I've you spoke this. about this on your podcast. Yeah. I heard you. And then I'd, 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 um, I'd seen it before because I'm very much into this cyberpunk futuristic world. I'd love, I'd love nothing more than to live in the future and the, the, the city's been how they're described in oh. Blade Runner. And um, I can't think of another one now. Something like that. Yeah, uh, what's oh, that? Yes. Altered Carbon. Yeah, totally. A futuristic city. And what's that other? I watch Demolition like Man. You know, I'd like, I'd like the fact, uh, just, I'd like to see how the future would be. So, anyway, it took my fancy. I saw these clips of it coming out, and I was like, oh shit, what's that? Saw so it's coming out on Switch, and then by my surprise, it was it released, and I'd missed it. Uh, a few, I'd missed it only by a couple of days. So, I just instantly downloaded it. And if you don't know what it's about, basically, you're set in, I don't know what the year is, a long way in the future. Like it's the, like 21 something, I thought. Is, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, unrecognizable earth the, your your job you've been employed as a uh, delivery driver in the future so you've come up with this dodgy sort of delivery company and your job is to fly around in your little spaceship uh, it's like a taxi but like think of like um what's that film fifth element so it's like that you got these massive skyscrapers uh, you can't fly too high you can't get down to the ground and you, you have to park this taxi in uh, in bays where you get out of your taxi and you deliver, you find people in the street in these in these areas and you deliver to get a package from them or deliver them a package. Uh, it's it's it looks like it's been made on Minecraft, so it's got like this blocky sort of graphics oh, style. I to it. Well, I've only seen screens of it yeah, and, yeah. and some video of the demo, so they probably CGI the hell out of it yeah, to make yeah. it look amazing. But to me, it looked quite good. When he got out of the car, I did notice that the he looked a bit sort of weird, sort yeah, of forced yeah. isometric view. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, I actually play in first person. You can change the view. No so, yeah, so I, I, I put it in first because you, your character does look a bit shit. Like, he's got a blocky yeah. head. And you're like, well, that looks mine. So I play in first person. And I think it makes for me, because I like to play on my Switch in bed. It's my it's my pre-bedtime game. So, uh, well, in You bed. have a very bizarre set of routine. Like, this, <laughs> you go to bed, you put the podcast on, yep. buy one for some strange reason, God knows yeah. why. And then you have... You play these games as well. So what is it like? Seven o'clock? You get you go in the bathroom and you shave your balls, and then, <laughs> then you apply I make, some I make sort them, of oil. I make them clean for my switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a flipping t-shirt right yeah. there. The fan feels nice on my balls. You know, it's got a little a little uh, fan hole on top. Of it. <laughs> 
the longer you play, the warmer it gets. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, especially the winter, which is coming up. Um, so yeah, I've been playing that anyway, and like it's really relaxing. So it's it's got like a Blade Runner esque soundtrack. So it's is got it like a synthy no, which which is good for me because I am shit at games. So it's got this synthy electro like cool. Uh, hypnotic sort of soundtrack, sci-fi noir, like sci-fi, but very much like Blade Runner, that noises and like these um, the synthy squelches. Is it shit. dark? And kind yeah, of the game it's constantly raining. It doesn't stop raining, so it's always raining. You're flying around the city, and it's got neon lights, and it looks like you're Blade Runner. It looks wicked. Hell yeah! So then you go deliver a package, and um, you get a choice whether uh, some of them it goes right. Okay, so for example, I, I dropped a parcel off to a. a a guy who was in a, a race, and they have this race, and he, his car broke down. It turns out this guy's like too old to be racing. It's a dangerous sport. <laughs> so you le you leave this, you leave him going. Well, he gives you you deliver this thing to him so he can continue with his race. You're like, oh my god, you're too old to be racing. And then uh, when you leave, he says, take that back to the guy who sent this part, and I'll get a discount on my on my fix. And then that, I owe him a debt, and then that should cancel out because they're worth a lot of money. It gives you the option then to steal this part, trade it and take the money for yourself. Oh. He will, will be forced to retire. So you think you're doing a good deed uh, or you can then t return it, do what he says, return the part. And then, um, you you know, you have a choice of what to do. So it leaves you and you're like, oh shit, what do I do? And I, I've done the good thing. I've, I've done what he wanted. And that's, but it gives that a little bit because there's nothing to it again. You're flying around explaining, you take your delivery, you take your parcel, you can get, you've got a flat. I don't know. I haven't got far enough into it to really know where the story's going to go yet. Um, but I, I've really enjoyed it actually. Um, I checked the reviews, it's been slated a bit, but I was is like, it? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, well, on PC, fine, but the ports and switches, they're going, Oh, frame weight, rates and all that shit. I don't care, I'm enjoying it. It's e like I say, it's easy. You got your marker, you go to the marker, you pick up your yeah. parcel, you might have a bit of a trouble working out how to get to a, a floor up because yeah. it's all on these Skype so you got to, there's like, you know, you have to find the person you're delivering things to. That's as hard as it gets. And actually, you've got a um, you've got a, a sidekick, which is a, your dog, which has been put down, but you've got its uh, its soul, I guess, or its data, and, and it's in data form, so it can talk to you. So you've got this dog who's your sidekick. So you've got this, okay. this talking dog, and it's quite funny. It's a nice <laughs> little is, angle. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you've got this dog talking. He's your little sidekick, and he, he helps you with decisions or whatever. And he's your little. Yeah, you, you, do, do you think definitely. to some degree he worked because I assume with this it's kind of like the moral ambiguity or the conundrum of morality or whatever like oh what's the right thing to do and you think the dog's supposed to be somewhat of that like yeah uh, maybe mm, yeah yeah he, like he's like, like conscience yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. that's a very deep <laughs> <laughs> no, no for, for a simple A to B game it's like oh Chris just twists the philosophy <laughs> yeah everybody gets one everybody gets one I actually quite enjoy it and I'm looking forward to tonight getting back into my little bed and, and putting it on for. I only play for half. You still playing this FIFA dribble? Mm, yes, but only because oh, I fucking hate it, mate. How many times have I? What is FIFA dribble? FIFA twenty one. <laughs> the new one. Dribble is an insulting word. No, I'm aware of that. I know you said dribble. No, no, still play it out like it's a go-to game for people that come into the bar. Yeah. as quick and easy I can play it because it's still a shit. I don't think they've brought an update. Actually, they might have brought an update. How does it compare to the one on the SNES, the first one? Uh, it's worse, probably. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's a long stretch. <laughs> that's about the last FIFA I paid any attention to, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've been uh, playing that, online. and what I've just uh, been other bit of game I've gone by go to online because I don't play many on online games. I'm not that good, but what I do play is Last of Us Online, 
And so I've been, really? Yeah. What's that like? Oh, it's amazing. It's pretty cool. We were playing yeah. it today. Yeah, I, um, Chris hadn't played it, so I thought, oh, I'll just boot this up and show you what it's like. And uh, so you in uh, faction, so you, um, you you go in as against another faction. So you've got like, there's four of you on a team and there's four of us on this map. And you, the idea is to sneak around the, the typical lasso style. So you, you sneak around taking cover, crafting weapons. You got to take each other out. You can lay traps. Third person shooter. Third person shooter. So it's yeah. over the shoulder. So um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's hard as fuck because this game's been out for a lot of years now. This um, one got on the track. I know the first one had online, but it's like this is the, the, this is the same one. This is the same one. Yeah, so it's it's like completely Last of Us Two online hasn't come out yet. Oh, okay. So this is. This is the same game. Yeah, I'm still playing that game. Yeah, so um, that's why I have such, um, you you might notice I talk a lot about Last of Us because it is probably my favourite game, um, one of my favourite games I play and certainly one that I've continually played and haven't stopped playing. Did you play the factions on the PS3? No, I was uh, straight on PS3. I was was abroad when that came out. So I arrived in England and then I I saw it. I think think the PS3, the PS4 just, was just about to come out, so I saw this game. I didn't have a PS3. Um, we, well, I did, but it broke. And then when I saw it, it was getting remastered for PS4, it brought a day it came out, and I've played it ever since. So that came out, what, 2004? Yeah, no, yeah 2014, no. or whatever. Yeah, so I've been playing it since then, basically. I'm still not very good at it, but it's a lot of fun. Mm. And I think that's all I've been playing. Okay, David, okay. what about you? Um, the only thing I'm kind of keeping a thing with, I guess, the, the podcast, um, the new Amnesia game, Amnesia Rebirth. Um, I've heard this is a complete dog mess, though, isn't it? Like it's not a complete. It's 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 got its issues with its like frame rate and all. I think it's kind of it kind of the same issues. I am so if you don't know what do you know what amnesia? I have no is? idea amnesia. So is. it's a just like a survival horror game essentially. The first one, um, you just you play as this um, uh, basically it's an unnamed protagonist who just wakes up, no memory of what's going on. Your stereotypical horror survival game, like yeah. you wake up as an unnamed protagonist. It's just like just move forward and undiscover the mystery of the game and it's just full of jump scares and all but um, this one is now they've released loads of DLC from the first game and a sequel I guess spin-off game this is like a sequel to the original game that was like critically acclaimed so it's like a hundred years after the first game but all right. um, the story is still really interesting it's, it's, it's pretty much the same game in a nutshell which is you wake up you have no idea what's happened you're like where did I go and it's like go forward and then it's just like that linear multiple choice of like go this direction go this direction progress the story jump scare jump scare really good jump scares and really interesting story but yeah it's had a lot of graphical issues in them, but i've not really discovered any because like i i always when really i see about a game that's had some like graphical glitches and i see things online i'm like oh yeah you know i kind of want to see this car crash from here and I, yeah. it never happens it never happens yeah like um it's the same like um assassin's creed unity when i came and everyone's like oh i had so many issues and oh that was like we're fine for me you know, because like, I played like Bethesda games like Fallout and it was like, oh, there's a lot of glitches and I played it and there was like a lot of glitches. <laughs> well, they're prime examples, aren't they? I mean, I've had a few issues in those games, but there's more bells and ropes to pull. And sure, not, it's a much more complex. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's based. Yeah, you take an engine from that and turn it into, yeah. Well, if you take an engine from pre-2000 and they keep adding bits on it's going to snap and break you know? <laughs> yeah. but that's what's going to happen but uh, it's, it's doing critically better than the um, so there was two games there was Amnesia the Dark Descent the first one yeah. Machine for Pigs which didn't have anything to do with the first one not really as scary didn't launder well. and then you have Rebirth which is a true sequel that's doing much better than the Machine for Pigs but it's the same formula if you like the Amnesia games which is your typical horror games never which is, heard of them you're in first person I've never heard of them like 
it's like so the first one's like very Victorian gothy. You're in like this castle in a Prussia, a Prussian or somewhere. It's somewhere in Eastern Europe. I think this one now you're like in Southern Asia and you're like in a plane crash, but somehow it ties in the first game. I've not got far enough in the story to um, really see how it's going to tie into the first game. But if you just if you want a immersive game, it's like more like a cinematic experience mm. just to get that has like lots of like collectibles that unlock the story as you go along. And I just just say keep playing the Amnesia series because it's what are you playing on PC? Uh, PC, yeah, yeah, it's fucking terrifying. There's still like headphones. You got to play headphones in the dark. Like <laughs> you've always got lamb in the building as well, which is no, I don't at the moment. Though, I don't really. Have so lamb. He could pop up behind <laughs> me. Yeah. No, I'm enjoying it. It's quite good. But I enjoy that formulaic sort of first person, like you just, like PT, you walk forward and you just get scared by shit as you go along, but it has yeah. an interesting side story. But you've got to discover the side story by getting collectibles and stuff. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the whole thing, thing is just like, the whole thing is like, you just sit, I'm sitting there and I'm kind of like sat on my chair like a little bit back. Just like, and then, but I, I don't get terrified by like things jumping at me. I get terrified by ominous music building up, and that's what this game does. Sure. It builds up to it, and then it'll do something scary. And you're like, oh, nothing's there. And then yeah. you're like, oh, okay, never mind. Jump scare, everything's fine. Two minutes later, you don't know how to fucking get shit. Anticipation's yeah. always better. Yeah, than I, I, I love that. I love that in horror films, I love that in video games as well. Like, I don't like cheap jump scares. I like the build up, and then, then the tricky, and I go, everything's fine, man. And so fucking jumps at you, and you're like, oh, fuck, okay, you gotta go, man. <laughs> okay, right. Well, I guess that. Is that it? Just yeah, that, 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 that's really it. Little, I've been getting a little bit back into um, Final Fantasy Minecraft again because of the update up. But, um, I fucking love that game. Yeah, I love the grown up, and I'm, I, I just it's had loads of updates since last time I played. And I was like, fuck it, I'll just go into survival mode again and see what happens. Yeah. It's a it's a completely new game than when I first like yeah, stopped playing it like three years. When ago. When did it first come out? You think two thousand two thousand and what six? Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Alpha came out. I think that uh, I've on the on my podcast YouTube channel, I played through, streamed every moment of going through and being the Ender Dragon on Hard mm-hmm. Survival, and that was an emotional fucking roller coaster. If you like dogs, don't watch it. Because uh, I end up with a graveyard of, every time I lose a dog, I bet I buried it. Uh, <laughs> and then, this thing looked like a World War One like, <laughs> war cemetery. But uh, yeah, so, I've lost myself a little bit of a Minecraft moment now, I was all mm. emotional, but, what have I been playing? I'm very, right at the end of G, obviously, classic me, PS5's coming out next month, I'm playing PS3. Oh yeah. But to be honest with you, I love that console. Yeah. And in a way, Still it's a like console. one of my favorite consoles I've ever had. Um, nearly finished Grand Theft Auto 4. I think last time oh. I was here, I just started it. I was getting all emotional wow. about the oh, game. Sure. It's, it's worn a little bit tired, to be fair. I've got two missions to go, and I think spoilers for a 400 year old game, but I'm gonna kill Rome because I just want it done. Or take the choice where you go. I never played Grand Theft Auto. I just get two choices at the end. One where you go and get revenge and kill the guy and your girlfriend dies and you can't sleep with anyway, so it's all a bit weird. Or you can take a choice to get a load of money, but your cousin dies, mm-hmm. who's been kind of pivotal in the story to this point, and you're meant to be emotionally attached to him. But Even though he's a pain in the fucking arse. I don't like you anymore. It's like this is. The friends mechanics are a bit weird. They did a great job representing New York in that game. They, yeah. Even now, like I will just, as I said last time, I'll book a taxi from one side of the island to the other, uh, and I'll just look out the window real time, all the shops and Central what, um, what, Park, what, everything that looks fantastic. What blew me away is they obviously kind of shortened it down. You know, I obviously couldn't have every street in New York City. It's ridiculous, but like, 
the general area where you're in, and people like like you have the Greek area, people are like ah fucking Malacca, like they'll curse you in Greek yeah. or you're yeah. a Russian oh, yeah. area, they curse mm. you in Russian, mm. or they you know they yeah. really and each section it. is very you know all the different areas, be it more market areas or downtown sure. areas and industrial areas. There's, there's like a theme and the shops and stores look bang on. It's, it's really yeah, cool. and it's really like a good translation of like New York City onto like that game. Like where Queens is, they have like the, you know, like where I'm from, they have like the, the, the World's Fairs thing still there kind of. And it's, it's just, I, I was I was sure. We come now to you from the philosophical side. <laughs> <laughs> and like deep meaning. Uh, and the other game that I've been playing because I got a little bit sort of tired with that um, but I will finish it because I'm damned if it's going to break me I suppose it's close to the end did you use cheats I used cheats the whole way no I never used cheats anything like you went and bought the guns and did everything and did yeah, it all right good feel in that, in that good feel, yeah um, you get quite a lot of money halfway through the game so that kind of makes it easy then, yeah once you do like a big big mission you like here's like a million dollars yeah. given GTA 4 over GTA like if you play GTA 5 I've never really got I've got it I, don't I like got it. it. I couldn't get I, into it. But the only thing I, I really hate about GTA 5 is the ragdoll physics. GTA 4 has fucking amazing ragdoll physics. I, I think mean, the game generally is yeah, just 10 times like, better. Like the animations are like so much better, I think. And I think the GTA story's five. better. And, you know, I mean, New York's just better than, you know, out there. Like, it's <laughs> really, so really sadistic. But if you fucking hit a curve or hit a weight. fucking bar in GTA 4 the wrong way, oh. the right speed, you go through the fucking windshield. Yeah, you and do. you get launched. Like two miles under GTA Five, it's like you hit a ball or like a hundred miles per hour. You just go, Bleh. yeah. That's me. I just love the physics of four. Like I, I need to go back and visit four. No, I feel like when I play GTA Five, I just didn't really feel like it had that lived-in feeling. Whereas GTA know. Four feels like a city that's been there yeah. for years, and you pop in and out, and it exists when you're not on the machine. It has mm -hmm. that yeah. feeling to it. Oh, well, GTA so, Five was way yeah, too really good. Um, the other game we've been playing, which is a little bit rarer, I also say, is um, a game called Catherine. I've got it on PS3. You can get it on Xbox 360 as well. It's a Japanese game by the team that made um, Persona, if you've ever heard of oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you're a 32-year-old man um, and you, you're in a relationship with this woman called Catherine with a C. No, Catherine with a K. And you kind of like you're in that sort of moment in a relationship where you're kind of a little bit bored and you don't really know what to do and you don't know whether to sack her off and she's on about getting married because she's in a different part of the eye in her head she's in a different part of this relationship so oh, crikey you know and um in your when you go to sleep it's it's a bit simplistic to say this but do you remember the game called cuba where you yeah, yeah. Down? it's like a next gen version of that so when you fall asleep you wake up in this hellish landscape um you don't fully understand why but you, you slowly start to work it out as you play the game and you've got to navigate from the top to the bottom because if you die in your dream you die in real life of course naturally so you have to navigate this and in the in the in the daytime you're a, like a, i think you're a reporter but at night time you go to um, a bar to spend time with your friends and you discuss like social aspects and other bits and bobs and they're kind of bullying you about your relationship with this woman and i think on about the second night you meet this really hot blonde called Catherine, bizarrely same as your girlfriend, but her name's beginning with a C. <laughs> and uh, yeah, how that develops, and there's a little bit of like a curse, and your girlfriend might, your current girlfriend might put a curse on you. Uh, like I say, she wants to move. Dumb question, forward. but then what's the actual title of the game? Is that a C with the K, or is it like in a funky graphic? It's a Catherine with a C. It's a Catherine with a C, quite. Oh. Yeah, quite the two different colors, yeah, like Catherine. Yeah. 
Catherine on the PS3 has got the blonde Catherine. Catherine on the Xbox 360 has oh, got cool. so like, yeah, two, different, two yeah. different themes. And when you're in this sort of weird cubit world, you got to pull blocks out to climb them and there's weird stuff going on. Like you meet other men in this dream, but they all look like sheep, but you look like a sheep to them, so, mm. which is weird. And you're all trying to find your way out of this, this maze. And people are dying in real life, so people are getting a bit freaked out. When you get to the top of this tower, you can go in a confessional box and it asks you a real life question. Like um, the, one of the examples that I've seen is um, this voice from the other side of this the screen said, uh, is marriage the time when your life begins or ends? Ends. And these, yeah, right, well, these two little, um, these two little um, pull cords descend from the ceiling and you pull yes or no. You can pick whatever you want. There's like a morality meter, so it's pretty obvious you can gauge it. But... Um, once you then move up to the next cubit stage, there's um, it then posts on what people have played. Everyone who's played it is then polled. Oh, like actual it, players? Yeah, oh, sick, and it yeah. shows you a pie chart of who's chosen what. Kind of like in the Telltale games where it tells you 50% of these people just made this choice. Like It exactly tells you the player like base of who made it. Yeah, I like because that, of yeah. the way it's presented and the way everything is done, like the Persona boys do an absolute fantastic job of linking gameplay sections together with swooshes to hide loading and the, the way the menus work and everything. I can't recommend it highly enough. So once I've got GTA smashed into a cocktail, I'll pour into that. It's like an eight-hour game. I'll get it smashed out one. Well, I'll say it's about GTA 4. Like, it's, it's a great game, but once you finish that main story, there's like no real revisibility. Most, most open-world games, yeah. when you finish it, it feels all of a sudden very hollow. Yeah. Um, like we go to Tsushima, I finished that and then left some side quests and it did make the, the world feel a little bit more like I had stuff to do and it had purpose and the NPCs had life. Because normally when you do finish an open world game, all of a sudden everyone's just almost like a statue and it, the game doesn't really work properly. Anyone who wants to live in that world, good luck to you. Yeah. Well, that's a rather long, but probably replaces the news as well. The only sort of news that we have of any note is that Cyberpunk's been delayed till the 7th yeah. or 10th. How do you feel about Two that? Hours well, I've just, I've just put the, uh, the to this morning, where I thought, oh, Cyberpunk, I'm well excited for it personally. Like I said, we just talked about Cloudpunk. Well excited for Cyberpunk 2077. It's probably the next game I'm probably going to actually commit to any, time, any Question, serious amount of time to. Have you played Witcher 3? Yes, I didn't like it. It's a janky mess. Yes. <laughs> Why... Although it's raved about, and well, the story... podcast is going to get a little negative comments. Anyway. <laughs> hey, look, each their own. You know, I can understand that the game has uh, is a fantastic setting. It's a fantastic story um, for the time when it launched. It looks fantastic, and if you've got a rig powerful enough, you can like dial it right up on PC. And I'm sure it's a wonderful experience. But controlling Geralt, I don't care how whether that's a negative thing to say or not, is a little bit on ice. You have to remember that like, someone like myself uh, grew up playing Nintendo. So I've been playing games like Zelda uh, yeah. all my life. So when you get to playing, for me, when committing to a game few and far between as it is, and I pick up a game like Witcher, and when you go and hit someone with your sword and you miss him and you, uh, it's just janky, Yeah, I will dismiss that. I, I agree 100%. I think the mm. most important thing for me personally is that immediate interaction yeah. with it, at least in a game like that, it's an action game. Yeah. I mean, playing an RPG, playing this random RPG, Behemoth, Behemoth Lagoon or something, I don't know, some like Famicom thing, Super Famicom, whatever. But it's all right. But like that's something I could like put a control it out and cook something, talk to people, answer a phone call, be playing, whatever. But if it's like a live action 
you know, whatever, like that control to me is paramount. Yeah, yeah, without yeah. that, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how amazing yeah. everything else is. Like that just breaks I like it. the premise of it. Like, oh, this is gay. It's like, it's like that. Yeah, but Even that's my concern. One. Do you think that if, are, you, are, are we wondering if this is going to have an impact on whether Cyberpunk's going to be a little bit janky? No, I, I don't think. I think because it's a first person shooter, I think they're a lot easier to make better I, I than, than somewhere where you you know you got to lock onto a target and you're swinging over here and he's moved over there and then the next thing you get your stuff from down i think this is uh, i think first person shoots a lot more i mean looking at the footage it looks very and they've probably got more money now they probably massively fine-tuned it i would hope so if not well no fuck I, you I then i'll probably know better than cloud punk whatever yeah. no nah. so. yeah maybe but like the thing is like, I, i'm proper looking for it. i think i think they i think i mean I remember them saying a comment once that their aim is to have a as, a, as polished game. Actually, when I think about it, this isn't very good. Uh, <laughs> their, their aim is to have as polished game as Resident, no, not Resident Evil, Red Dead Redemption 2. When you, when you think about it, I went back to that not long ago and the controls on that are shit. But mm. then I don't know if I've just, I tried playing it after I just finished. Um, it's a very hard game to pick up after yeah. giving it time. So. Yeah, I think, mm. I, I remember thinking before, but then I went, you get into it, you get used to those type, type of controls. But I think what they were saying is in, in terms of, I mean, Red, Red Dead Redemption was um, extraordinary in like, you know, graphics, detail. story, detail, um, things like this. Uh, whereas the controls, it's, it's rock star, like same with Grand Theft Auto, same sort of thing. But once you get used to it, it is playable and you understand maybe why they've done it like that. Mm. It makes it a little bit more realistic the way, the way I think, it controls. Yeah, I think it was to give you more of a t- an attachment yeah. to it. And and to be honest with you, behind all that, I think there was a bit of a way of hiding some of the low times behind the animations. Yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't realise it at the time, but is that really I'm making what's the, going the on? transition seem interactive, like if you do like, you know, the sky camera, like you, the horse falls, like, oh, I'm still yeah. there with it. You're exactly. Not You're not doing anything to do yeah. that. But when it comes by Cyberpunk, I, be- I believe they're from their statement today, which is like, oh, the reason it's delayed is number one, COVID again, they're all working from home still. So delays, but they're literally, they got like what, nine different systems now to compensate for? Yeah, they said like literally like the, like nearly a dozen systems wow. like literally compensate for, for launch all on the same day. Yeah, they would have got Xbox One, yeah. PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Xbox X, the other PlayStation, uh, then PC. Yeah, like. And they won't be coming to Switch. Well, it was no, also no. going to end up being a very crowded time because at that same time, there's a load of people going to be going out getting PS5, Series S, yeah, and Series yeah. X's, and they're probably going to want, you know, they would, probably would have picked Cyberpunk up, but they're probably going to get Valhalla, they're probably going to get. Yeah, yeah. I think the only negative thing that's going to come from Cyberpunk's release is like their sales are going to be all over the place, like from like systems, because it's going to be from the next gen consoles to the. Not if we're going to be able to buy a next gen console they get, so it's going to. Their sales are going to be better on the current gen. I'd oh, say. definitely, yeah. yeah. But I think from a from a noise point of view, it's going to get sort of minimalised because on that day, everyone's going to be talking about PS5 and Xbox mm-hmm. or whatever. It's in that window. It's it probably doesn't good to delay it because mm. then it gets its own space in December where people can say, "Oh, mm. actually," and it's going to penetrate through yeah, social yeah. media and be the yeah. trending thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they know what they're doing. I think they're making a smart move by delaying it again. I mean, it is one of the most anticipated games of this year. The only other one was Last of Us Two that I can think of that was. Is hotly anticipated. Yeah, as well. I think yeah. Ghosts probably went under the radar a little bit. What Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tried to play that after Last of Us Two because yeah. it came out like a month later. So I've done, yeah. uh, done that, and then I tried to play it. Got it for the bar with the launch party. Thought, oh, played it a bit at the bars. Like, oh, mate, I just I can't. 
And it's just down to the controls again. Like I just, One thing I would say about that is I, when I got it first, I played it in the first hour or two, I was like, oh my goodness, I've picked up like a From Software game. This yeah, thing yeah. is totally, like, totally impenetrable. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, every time I fight, I die. I'm not enjoying it. And then a half hour after that, you get a couple of charms for your sword and the game just unlocks. Yeah, and yeah. you are just flying through, pressing yeah, buttons, yeah. feeling like a god. So yeah, it yeah. was a matter of time. I nearly threw it in the bin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has a really difficult, I've not played this, but it's a really difficult like tutorial grinder, essentially. And you just need to get past that kind. Yeah, and once you do, as long and then the other problem I did is I got out of that area and thought, well, I'm enjoying this, and then I got out of the. You don't realise it, but the, the 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 maps got areas where there was lower level baddies, and I ended up just bimbling around and stumbling into uh, a high level area, and getting right, my ass handed to right, myself. Yeah. And I was like, fucking hell, this game is just ridiculous. Yeah. But then I was like, I had a moment where I came back, focused on the missions that the game told me to focus on, and I just there was like a cakewalk. Okay, yeah. I mean, it won't be too long before we we can do a podcast and we can talk about our games of the year. I yeah, think, uh, oh yeah. Um, Imagine that in the Christmas one, where we've got to do yeah, a yeah. secret Santa. Whoa, 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 what you were talking yeah. about, like nineteen ninety one, game of the year for nineteen ninety two. Zelda again wins again. Yeah. Goof Troop, notable second, right? <laughs> in FIFA <laughs> one. Yeah, but two months to start playing like every game that's come out this year. Oh, oh. Well, when this podcast going in like 2050, you'll be going, I'll play a little bit of so PS4 mini. You know, <laughs> like the PS4 mini, guys. It's ghosts. Don't even know about a ghost. It's a plant in my asshole. It's great. I'm playing it right now. You guys can't see right now. You doing his accent like the podcast is like, who's Chris? Who's Chris? Who's Chris? No, no I, he never existed. I was just doing a voice. <laughs> in my imagination. <laughs> well, they came knocking on the door. The place. No, not just the police, but the listeners are like, hang on, we tuned in for Halloween special, right? And we want to know what the hell freaked out, Chris. We want to know probably what freaked out George, probably a scary episode of Tom and Jerry. Uh, And we've got some topics here. Scariest game you've ever played, horror films you like, or really scary situations. The Don, the Mafia Don, let's pose that to you. One of those questions, all three of them. Let's pick one of those that you feel you want to answer. What have we got again? <laughs> I mean, Scariest I, game you've played or completed? Yeah. Horror films you like? Yeah. Or a real life scary situation, which doesn't involve touching cloth? Or <laughs> <laughs> it could do. Go um, by, come from Ireland, I've been touched by the cloth. Oh, you, that's another episode. So I haven't really played <laughs> it's many. It's I haven't played many scary games. Uh, it's not my go-to genre of uh, when I pick up a game. But um, in lockdown, I did pick up and complete Resident Evil 3 Remastered or Remake. Oh, did you enjoy that? I actually really did. I've never, or the last the last uh, Resident Evil game I played was the remaster on the GameCube, Resident Evil 1. Yeah. Uh, like I say, I don't know if you we used to be a bit of a stoner back then, and it was one of the games we were high. <laughs> and we, we sat in a, in a night or maybe two nights and we, we finished it and that was good. And since then, I've played, I played a bit of Resident Evil 7 in VR. This all took place in Sleaford, City Limits. Yeah, uh, Scottwick. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise we got out of Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we, we used to drive all that, picking up. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, so I, I um, obviously, the, the remake, I tried playing a bit of Resident Evil 2. I uh, just, uh, the remake that came out, and I just, yeah. um, I got stuck on a puzzle. Then I think that... Um, work commitments. 2 is more of um, a traditional... Resident Evil style and three is a little bit more forgiving and speedrunny, isn't it? That's why I felt. Because isn't three like Galenic? 
Is a couple it, of hours long, like not that much. Three, it? Yeah, about three, right. three to four yeah. hours long, and it was a lot, a lot more shooting based rather than puzzle. There were puzzles, but they were for me a lot easier to figure out, and um, so which makes it. I, I, I actually did it on a Twitch stream uh, in the lockdown. I did. I tried to boost my Twitch uh, channel a little bit, where I um, would, and it was good because I, I picked that up and I committed five o'clock every day. I'd play through this game. And what helped me get through it was having, knowing I had an audience, the people to help me, guide me. It's always struggling. It's like, hey, look, you need to go and do that. And, it, it, and with the, the horror factor, made me a little bit less of a wuss because I was like, I can just, you know, it felt like you had someone with you, if you know what I mean. And I actually really enjoyed it. And I, I, I think it graphically it looked great. The puzzles weren't too hard. The shooting was great. And it was easy enough for me to sit down in a few nights and get through get through the whole thing. You get, I got the, yeah, I was quite proud of myself for doing that. Even though it took, it took three hours, I was like, yeah fucking done it but I actually really enjoyed that so that's probably my favourite sort of horror game that I've played and that's not including Resident uh, Last of Us 2 obviously I don't really do we consider that as a horror game I, to it's be honest yeah, I, I, would, really, I, would. I think it is do you think it is yeah I yeah. got scared when I played it I mean <laughs> yeah. it shows well, the horrors of a well, potential Last of Us 2 is my favourite horror game then, so scrap Resident Evil 3 so, <laughs> I think that some of the scariest situations especially in Last of Us 2 come from the desperation of this sounds like Chris. The desperation of the human struggle. <laughs> uh, you know, where it's maybe not the clickers that are the biggest issue. Yeah. It's the fear of what these people are going to do or could do. Uh, and they, and, and they, you know, when you meet the clickers the first time in the original Last of Us, like, yeah, it's a bit of a moment, you know, it's dark and, you, you know, you don't know what these things are. You've never seen them in gaming before. But they were a bit... Like what did you, what what's the name for that creature in Last of Us Two that you, I've heard you call it before the um, the multi limbed freaky thing the Rat King the Rat King yeah, yeah. the Rat King to me wasn't there was my, my adrenaline was high because yeah, it was yeah, like there was a lot of management to do yeah, yeah, your resources yeah. and other bits but I wasn't like oh my god I'm terrified I'm do you know what the scariest like, things for me in Last of Us Two was was the uh, stalkers. Do you remember the ones that used to like uh, stalk you? And they, yeah. used to, they used to pop their head around the corner like that. And yeah, that is around. quite free. I used to like, I think they, they were the scariest ones. And they were the hardest to kill because they used to run at you as well. Yeah. So they used to stalk you for and the next thing they'd charge you again. And, you'd, and then you'd freak out, don't you? Like, yeah, you're trying to shoot these things. Yeah. But like, the way they're just popping their head up and like scurrying around, you used to freak me out. Yeah, they, I think there's a section before you get washed away in the water where you've got to kind of go through a, um, I think it's either a hotel or. It's right before you kind of get pushed out of a window and then swept in this river yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in there, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. In like the office block. Is it yes, like it is an block? office block. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's around the time of like the convention center or something yeah. like that. And it's, it, you know, I actually found that in there they were quite challenging because they're very open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was hard. Yeah, you had to just kill them. Like you just, you know, there was no running away from them because they were faster than you. Like, and yeah, yeah. I. I yeah, I think that's okay. really, real life scary situations. I can't think of anything right now. I'm going to have a minute to think on that and I might get back to you. Okay. David? Um, so you can either pick one or any of these, but scariest game you've played or completed, horror films you like, or a real life scary situation. I've had answers for all three of these. Um, I'll go with scariest game, probably Dead Space 1 or Dead Space 2, um, vividly. Have you played one recently? Uh, last I played through Dead Space 1 again on Hardcore about... At the beginning of lockdown, so it is. And I, I, but I played through Dead Space 2 hardcore like five or six times. Because the, on the original Xbox 360, they didn't get all the achievements. You had to play through the game like six, seven times. But the first time I ever remember playing Dead Space 1, again, it was one of those games I was just like, too young to play it. And you get given it, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I can do this. I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big boy. I can play this game in the dark. It doesn't matter. It's not that scary. It's just, an, it's just a shitty sci-fi game. It's going to be like Alien, is it? Fuck no, is that not like a... 
like the first time you meet the necromorphs, like especially when you're scurrying through the vents and all, like you see the shadows cast across the fucking hull of the fucking um, is it Icarus or Elise? I can't remember the name of the fucking spaceship. But anyway, that one, yeah. No, there's a lot of times where I've literally been playing through that game, like stomping through, like I'm this fucking like mech engineer, I can do whatever I want, and then like a little like a dead baby head on like these tentacles comes scurrying towards me, and I go, nope, fuck, and I just run around and sprint. You away. See, I played that for and the first time this year. Really? And I wasn't. I enjoyed the gameplay loop of mm -hmm. it. I wasn't freaked out by it, but so, right at the end, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I I actually shit myself because you you get in the ship and I don't mm -hmm. want to really spoil it too much. Yeah, the a, very that that fucked me off for so many weeks. Everything else, I was like the dread and all that. I was like, Man, yeah, I'm not that bothered. See, you know, the science of taking mm -hmm. these guys apart is interesting. The theme and setting is mm -hmm. great, but I wasn't like, oh my god, that's actually put me on edge. Mm -hmm. But that ending. <laughs> See, the second one to me, I, I might just say the second one's more scary for me because even though you're no longer confined to like this kind of based under siege story where you're just trapped, you're kind of in a more, you're in a city so it's more open. Um, it's more psychologically terrifying because there's a lot oh, of right, much. Because you, 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 it's, you, spoiler, escape. Like I, Isaac's still alive in the second game and he's basically recovering from the events of the first game, but he's fucked up from the events of the first game and he's still seeing like premonitions of his girlfriend and all that. Yeah. And, yeah, it's psychologically like even though like, there's a there's a there's a chapter in the game where you have to go through a nursery, and every fucking kid in that their nursery is dead, baby, infant. But um, they're not dead; they're coming back to life and they're coming for you. So and there's so like the sort of ones out the embryo jars in the first one. Oh, worse because right. then you get to a point later on where it's like um, you, you go to an abortion clinic later on after that, and uh, turns out the aborted fetuses aren't dead. <laughs> they're becoming fucking you can't even make this no no <laughs> it's fucking terrifying Chris, Chris is like oh, let's ruin my goddamn real life scary story <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of a cage rap that sounded very similar to that it was like, uh, okay and that, that well that, that's probably well, that's my scariest game but um yeah, I'll, I'll come back to, like, if Toby's going to do his scariest real life, I'll, I'll come back to one of my ones. So we'll, okay, we'll, alright, so we turn around to the to the main event <laughs> <laughs> so you can either pick the scariest 16-bit Super Nintendo game you've ever played, or you could pick a horror film that's freaked you out, or a real-life scary situation. Oh, can I pick all three of them quick? Yeah, you could go do whatever yeah, you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. All right, so... Rave uh, over, 16-bit. He's not over. here. He's not here. He's going to let me do it. He's not going to come. No, he <laughs> rave over. He, he was the hell. The clock went out the window. <laughs> but we're, we're running to a time. Oh, rise of that. So, so with the... Uh, uh, Shit, what were, the, what were the questions again? I Jesus Christ. I'm going to sleep with the family member. 16 bit, only yours. But not 16 That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's like I was throwing a cocktail sausage up the stone bow. It explains it now. I have less sort of anxiety about the whole situation. There. It's like every game you play, like <laughs> so, the scariest game ever because of my, the system might like burn at any second. No, so uh, the only the scariest 16 bit game I ever played, probably like uh, Final Fantasy 3, because I think I saved over. A final. <laughs> and I was like, no! What the hell? Terrifying, <laughs> terrifying. And then, um, scariest horror film, Aliens. As when I was a little kid, Aliens, but the Japanese version because I saw that way before, like the American version. And there was like a uh, like a jet. Like my first friend who I met, I was like three years old. My friend Mina, Mamieko, and I were she's half Japanese, half Jewish. Whatever. Went to Japan all the time. As a kid, and she was my first friend, so like we were watching, they were like hiding under the blanket, and it was more scary because I didn't know what the fuck they were saying, and, like, <laughs> I, and I was a small child, but uh, yeah. And then scariest moment, 
I, my lawyer advised me like the top eight or nine, I can't say. However, when 10 or 11 here, this is a pretty funny one. Uh, I was in United States Coast Guard boot camp. And I know here a lot of the Coast Guards like volunteer or not, but like pretty much the United States, the US Coast Guard, US Marine Corps, like the hardest branches of the military as far as basic training. Marines, a little bit more physically intense, US Coast Guard, much more mental, more hardcore swimming, whatever. But we get there to boot camp. Uh, we, we all have to get on a bus, people fly to Philadelphia from all over the country, from Alaska to Hawaii, Puerto Rico, from you, whatever. You get there, we get on this bus, we take you up there to Cape May, New Jersey, and you're on this bus, and you're all like, oh man, you know, you know it's coming. You pull up, it's dark, you know, and these people just run up on the bus, screaming, 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 you get out there, you know, it's, you're just pretty much being yelled at, and you have your shit, whatever. But like, so the first night, you know, we all lay there, you sleep. You know, or like most people said that, I mean, I just laid there, like freaked out all night. I'm like, man, I slept like a baby. I don't know. I think I have an issue with dealing with, with stress. But so the one thing we did the next day was like a fire drill because it's like a big concern, you know, and it's also supposed to be training for in the future. There's a lot of fire on ships, whatnot. But I, um, then, then, then so after that fire drill, we come back in and they come in and screaming, 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 you know, all these drill instructors. And it's like, listen, you know, you, you have a certain amount of things, zero, three, white t-shirt, v-neck, you know, zero, three of this, zero, three of this. Uh, and they, if you have any excess, you either give it to other people who don't have it in the squad bay, whatever, or they go into homeless people. So it's a big rush to go and get all this shit done and, and, and make sure you only have the exact amount of proper items, whatever, socks, this, this, that, that. And uh, I had an extra pack of white v-neck t-shirts. And I said, hey, anybody else need this? Hey, I don't need, you know, they like screaming, you bunch and leave and it. Yeah, anyone needs no, no, no. All right, it's garbage. So I throw it in the like donation, like a 55-gallon drum with like a plastic bag in there. They still donated clothes. And as I throw it, I hit the fucking fire alarm. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And we had just done a fire drill. It's like a big thing. You're out, you know, he runs it. And you know, like, the first time we'd done the fire drill, like you, know, you get out there and they scream screamed at the entire time you're standing there, you're lined up and the way and the fire department like drives up and they get out like half dressed with their gear, like, okay, you know, this is how it would be if there is a fire. And so, but this time, like the shit goes off and like I just look at like, a couple of other dudes and it's like I guess we go back outside. <laughs> so you grab the dust covers, which is like the semi-fireproof, like scratchy as fuck material, like grayish link things. You wrap that around your body, run outside, and it's like this time all the company commanders aren't coming out with their nice smoky the bear hats and their whatever. Like these dudes coming out like half dressed, like shit's a mess. And, just, and there's like a couple hundred of us who like just got to boot camp that day, and we're all standing shoulder to shoulder next to everybody. And I'm just thinking like. Fuck, man, like this is definitely on me. Like, like <laughs> some people see yeah. this happen. And as we were staring at it, like the corner of my eyes, you can't like turn your head and you'll be in mad trouble. I was in the boat heading the fucking jaw down. I was in the boat, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking and about. And so, like, fucking, they come up and they're like, what the fuck? You know, they, they don't really give a shit about us, you know what I mean? They're more concerned, like, oh my God, there's an actual fire here. And like, you know, every one of these people have been drilled in their head the fear of fire, especially in ships and stuff like that. You know, but like, so. I'm kind of standing on my peripheral defense. I'm like, this is K made in Jersey. I'm from New York. I ain't that far. Like, I think I can make it to that fence, get a wall. <laughs> I don't know, it's barbed wire, but shit, man, it's scratchy ass cloth. I can throw up over it, maybe scramble. <laughs> but so I raise my hand. Oh, and then the parade field, I don't know if you call it the same thing, you know, large grass field, you march and do your like, you know, yeah. parade field of grass. Or whatever. Drill squat. Yeah, drill squat in this country. Okay, yeah. And so, like, the fire truck now comes and stuff like cows are wrong. They're coming like dudes hanging all fully suited up. You see <laughs> like, so I'm like, and I'm just like, and you're shoulder to shoulder. I'm just like, 
I don't know, man. Like, this is getting worse by the second. These dudes, like, tear up the parade field coming over there. Like, they're linking in the hoses into the parade. And I'm like, I put my hand up. And, like, no one notices me for maybe, like, a minute. I mean, it might have been fucking 10 seconds. But to me, it felt like for, you know, at least a minute. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck do you want, recruit? And I was like, ma'am. I set the fire alarm off, ma'am. It was an accident, ma'am. And I tell you, baby, we were fucking shoulder to shoulder after I said that. I kind of went like this, fucking wave my arms around. Everyone's like, Whoop. everyone stops and like drop fire hose. There's like hundreds of people in activity. Like this is a total over a thousand people outside at night in the fucking freezing cold of Cape May, New Jersey, this little peninsula, and everyone goes the fuck goddamn. Silence, trying to fucking pin drop, you know. So they start sending all these. This is like this. This is within like twenty four hours of arriving at boot camp. You know, like <laughs> wait up, London, and just fucking. <laughs> so they send everybody else in except me, and then it's just like people like warming up. They're like stretching. Like, they're like Ooh. oh, this is like a motherfucker. This dude's like foot higher than me, shoulders another foot wider than me. This dude's got his dress uniform on, medals down to here. There's a storm vet. I need a fucking purple heart. Got fucking. But this motherfucker, I think he was in Iraq too. Or, or no, yeah, I think he had just got back from Iraq. And this motherfucker come, but he had no pants on. You know, I was like, being serious. I was like, killing bad people in multiple wars. Not just one war. He's come over. And like, Maybe he's got no pants on. Like, no, I'm like, God, yeah. Yeah, it's got like boxers and like his shirt has like the little shirt stains, like the little rubber band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those socks. Like, you wouldn't trust hysterical, but I'm terrible. Like, yeah. It's just such a ridiculous situation. So like, everyone takes their turn. I mean, I imagine this is how it is getting like emotionally gangbanged. Like it must just be yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, everyone's just like screaming, but people like fighting each other, like get at me, like taking a breather, like in the brewing coffee. But like I yelled at, yelled at, yelled at. They keep me out there all night, and like other people like coming out, like, oh, what happened, Bob? Like, oh, some asshole fucking got to hit the fire alarm off and admitted to it. So these guys are like, all like, sprinklers turn on. It's like I'm just standing there, position of attention. Like I'm like, oh, I can't. Fucking sprinklers come on like before the morning time. I'm just standing here and hit by this fucking water. <laughs> Sun coming, fucking freezing. I'm just yeah, standing there yeah. shivering. <laughs> fucking standing there. Oh, terrible. And then Master Chief Damage Controlman Yao, you know, our highest rank, E9 in the fucking uh, uh, in the sea services in the, uh, uh, in the U.S. But he comes out there and just like right up to me. This dude's fucking super tall, super fucking yo. Fucks angry and fucking dudes to waste his entire life in the US military. And, uh, <laughs> and so he's really got some anger. And a dude like squares it and then like fucking does a little left face, like walks around me and just like very softly, like, Do you know how much time you wasted, recruit? Do you have any idea the danger you put other shipmates in? Do you have any idea the distraction of resources and funding? This could result in people losing lives because of your failure to comply and have goddamn common sense. And he's just like, Comes back down. He's like, keeps like marching around me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, like, hi, hi, sir, hi, sir. And he shouldn't be called, sir. He should be called Master Chief because he's not an officer. But this was the first day that we were still learning. We were still disclaiming everyone, sir. Digging himself a hole. Yeah, well, well no, like, we didn't. And so then, like, but, I mean, and at the end, he like stops and like faces me. He's like, but at least you have. It was like a fucking samurai sword right between my eyes. His fucking fingers pointed. He's like, and I was just like, like I almost flinched. Like, oh god damn. He's like, at least you have integrity. You know, he doesn't do one thing. And then he dismissed me, whatever. And I still stood out there for like another hour until my company came out there. Like, you, you fucking fire starter. Like after that, it was known. It was just like, and my last name's Canapple. Which is very common, I assume, everywhere. No, not at all. I met like one, I've never met another person actually. I've like Googled another person in Canepo because Ellis Island, I'm sure, fucked it up when my family moved to New York. But so 
everyone knew me like instantly right there. So I got mad trouble. But they made me a squad leader over that shit because they were like, I messed up. This kid's so stupid. He seems perfect to lead like 50 people in the military. <laughs> Here's a promotion. It's only 24 hours. Became a, uh, yeah. yeah. But that was pretty scary. I didn't tell you what. They turned up for the Chris K. They got it. We put 10p <laughs> in him and he went like an absolute train. <laughs> Now, I understand that's scary, but I was wondering maybe if we were having more of a paranormal story. Paranormal? Unless this Master Chief was from beyond the grave. For this story, let's say yes. Oh, one time I did have a Brilliant. paranormal story. Sorry. Round I, two. I, so another <laughs> a, a weird job I had after the military, I worked at Texas Human Biologics, where we chopped up human beings and processed tissue. We process Jesus Christ. No, no, no. So why do I always go after you? We worked. We you worked, asked for Ryan too. We you're getting fucking Ryan too. I know, but like no, the first worked, story so, was so, phenomenal. The you, second one's going to be even better. He's chopping up fucking human beings. Well, sake. they were donor cadavers. So we get them in dry ice and stuff. And sometimes we play with the dry ice. You know, to keep morale up. But no, it was in a clean room, which is a horrible job. When I hear people complain about wearing a mask, I'm like, yo, word, I hear you. It would take us like 45 minutes to get sterilized. And this, the place I work, ten times cleaner than an operating room. And, it's like, oh, and then the core, complete sterility. And it was you completely suited up, like three layers of gloves at any time. I mean, you're constantly like pulling shit off, washing hands. My hands were silky smooth. It was weird. Like you'd have like a Friday, go drink at the pub after work, and it was a bunch of like kind of big, tough, like San Antonio, Texican, Mexican, Texicans, whatever. <laughs> like, uh, they were all like San Antonio dudes who were Texans. And like, I, mean, I was the only white kid who worked there, but they were all like way more American than me because their families had been there like way more. But they were great, great, great group of guys. But everyone, like, there were a lot of them were like pretty big dudes. I'm like, they had, we all had really smooth hands, which probably freaked people out. I was like, what do you guys do? We're here at an insurance company. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're not going to tell them what we do. <laughs> it sounds weird. Like, this but so the thing is, is it was for transplants. So people, uh, I had the job I figured out in the military, and there was a lot of people who got burned up in the military just in any type of fire. You get skin transplants, stuff like that. Tendons, taken out of bodies for anchoring, like people get surgery. And bone for something called osteoconductivity. You could actually take bone out of people, generally men in their mid late 30s up until their early 50s, has the densest bone. Uh, and you take that bone and you process it and cut it to specific, you know, whatever. Like sometimes it's just generalized things, like little like tic tac shaped things or longer rods or whatever. And there's one story that was super amazing. This little girl got smashed by a car on a bicycle. Shattered pelvis, shattered like shattered bones, just like too dangerous to operate on at the point. Whatever they put her, they kept her in an induced coma for a while. Well, they like as slowly operating her. They sent us shards of her bone, and we took that and like put, you know, sterilized the shit out of it, brought it into the core, hit it with like calipers, put it to like a surgical laser scanner thing, and all this crazy stuff. And we took donor cadaver bone and cut it to like that exact spec, and. It take, I mean, a, a piece of bone the size of like a Tic Tac costs $500, $800. A uh, piece of bone the size of this like can or a fragment of bone, actually could be 10, 20, 30, 50, $100. I mean, it's just to be that precise. And the thing is, is what we would do is after cleaning this bone, getting it super precise, getting it super clean, making sure like documenting, oh, you need a scalpel plate? Okay, let me walk over here. And like every door to like go anywhere, it's like punching your code and it's magnetic. So if another door is open, both won't open at the same time. Every square inch of the ceiling is all uh, ventilation. And uh, so anyway, you gotta like, get that scalpel blade, come in. I have to like peel the thing off, stick it in a log book, like initial it, 
put it through the pass-through, and they get it, like, vacuum sucks all the air out, and they, they get it, they have the initial on shit. Like, it's, like, ridiculous, like, the, the annoyingness of, like, any little bit of, because you have to be complete. And then after everything, we seal that shit up, send it up to New Jersey to get hit with gamma radiation, make sure there's nothing biological living on there. I just said they drive it up and down the New Jersey Turnpike. It's New Jersey. <laughs> we get a back final check. We send it to the doctor. They implant it into her with nylon screws that were designed to dissolve at certain rates. Okay. So this isn't like putting steel or, I mean, not steel. They're putting like titanium in somebody. This is putting someone's bone that will fuse her blood vessels grow through that bone. Right. Fuse right. that bone and that bone will grow with her the rest of her life as those nylon screws dissolve. It's called osteoconductivity. And then right before I left work, I never got like a picture of her like back in her bicycle. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool, man. Like this job's horrible, but at least we did something good for, you know, certain people like that. But um, yeah, that was, uh, so the first day of working there, and like I wasn't aware of like exactly what this was. And my boy was like, yeah, this is like a medical job, but like you need to have a strong stomach. And I'm like, yo, homie, I, I see some fucked up shit in the military. They're like, I'm fucking ready, what up? You know, like and that was bad enough, I'm from Queens. Right? Like, what time was it? But, uh, uh, yeah. and so like, he was like, uh, yeah, it's so, like, I didn't know, and I'm sitting like the training video, and I'm like, this is weird, but like, blood-borne illness, and shit, I don't know what the fuck, all right, but then, like, slowly, you know, and the first day, I'm like, yeah, I don't give a shit, whatever, it's dead matter, it's, it's health, or whatever, it didn't really bother me, but then, like, I remember being at home, and, and uh, come back and lay in bed with my girl, and I hear a cat, like, like, clicking on the keyboard, like, like, something typing, I'm like, ah, fucking cats on the keyboard thing, but, uh, so I'm like, that's annoying me, like, and I'm starting to think about what I was just doing. I was just handling a lot of like chunks of random human beings. <laughs> like, that was kind of weird, you know. Like, that's, uh, I've done some weird stuff, but this is like especially weird. So like, I get up out of the room and I go to, to, to slide the keyboard thing back under the desk where the, the, the computer was. Because back in the day, you know, you had your mom yeah, yeah, yeah. slide the keyboard thing. And I get out there to shoot the cat off and slide it in. But I get out and it was already slid in. Oh, what? Like, oh, shit! Fucking ghost is here. Send me an email. So that was a close thing to paranormal thing. That was a journey right there. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I think it's a good time. You just edit that down a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think it needs to stay in its entirety, to be fair. <laughs> we're, we're on a bit of a timeline today. So, I mean, I will quickly brush over the scariest game I've ever played. Probably one of the Fatal Frame games back in the day. They were mm. kind of weird. You can only see these creating Japanese women through a camera yeah, and yeah. ring style. Uh, I think when you're younger, things tend to bother you more. My um, horror film stroke real life scary situation, I'll probably want to try and roll those in. It's not really the same, but back in about 1992, there was this, the BBC did this thing called Ghost Watch. Mm. And they recruited, I mean, I'm sure if I was an adult watching it, I'd have seen straight through it. But as a kid, there was Sarah Green, a well-known children's TV presenter, never done any acting, legit, face up, straight, no problems. Michael Parkinson, a renowned... Mm. Um, mm. interviewer and all that sort of stuff they had Craig Charles there as an actor but he was kind of like biffing in and out mm. and doing some wacky stuff you know mm. but generally and it was all advertised as being deadly serious the BBC were going to set up for Halloween cameras in this house that had allegedly been haunted with these young kids that lived in it and present it like a documentary right. totally played it up as though it was real right yeah and then obviously I mean I've watched it recently and it's not that scary but if I'd have watched it at the time because these people presented it as though it was real like there's a, there was a section where the girls were talking about how you know they'd been seeing this poltergeist and how it was talking to them and it was like really evil and it was kind of fucking with them and shit like that and the camera panned round and for a moment you saw this they'd use a special effect where you could see the outline of this man 
not properly, but like you would expect a ghost to be. And then, like Michael Parkinson was like, oh, did I just see something around the corner of my eye? And the camera panned back and it was gone. Right. And then it was all very subtle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what was the unsubtle things? Wasn't, didn't have a new like, guy who was like all torn up and stuff as well, wasn't there? I can't really I didn't, I, I think I, I, I obviously didn't see one air because um, I the, the, But um, I think there was like, because this is where all the off comp complaints came from. Like this guy literally was interviewing him, like scratches down his face, like bloody scratches. Well, he, some, some kid, I mean, he had some underlying me uh, mental health issues, but obviously mm -hmm. he watched this program and he ended up killing himself because he thought it was real. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, at the time it did, I've watched it recently and you see the actors and they're very, very hammy. And yeah. I'm sure if I'd been my parents at the time, I'd have been like, I don't know why this kid's freaked out by this because it's nonsense. But if someone that you've always trusted in TV, sure. who's a legitimate presenter says, this is happening and oh my goodness gracious me, and they're getting weird in a scientist and they're like, oh, the paranormal this and paranormal that and saying all this science babble, you're like, I was like, I think I was 12, I was absolutely terrified and sleep. That seems like a, a, a prime age for being scared of something like that, because like, you're mature and adult enough to realize a consequence and like pain and like bad shit going on, but yeah. then you're not old enough to also be like, whoa, 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 I've dealt with this kind of thoughts, and you know what I mean? Like, because um, like, I mean, I've seen little kids like not be scared at all of like horrible horror movies. I think, like, I think this is that sort of period, isn't there? When you're super young, if you get sort of desensitized to it, you're absolutely yeah. cool. But, and, and as you say, there's like that cut off period. And after that, when you get a little bit older, you probably will just brush it off. Yeah. But there's like that sort of sweet spot. Anyway, unless anyone's got any other scary stuff. George, do, do you or do you not live in a village which is renowned for a haunted church? Is Dovington Church not actually meant to be haunted? Or is it not meant to have someone that, if you drive past, jumps off that church? Because I, I have what, never, that's I have I've never heard that story. Have you not? No. I there agree. is a story associated with the church, but it's not one that I would call horror. Your church? Yeah. Is it not? I've, I've heard there used to be a little boy that you could see, and he apparently jumped off the church or something. I mean, it's been a long time, but I used to drive past that church. Where as a child, hearing the story that that church is haunted. Well, you know, so just outside Dorrington, you've got that, yeah, that yeah, church yeah, in there. Yeah. As you go up the hill. Yeah. Towards Sleaford, yeah. Fuck, I'm going to Google this. The only, yeah, yeah. The oh, only story associated with the church is because the church is miles away from the actual village. Or it's like up yeah. the top. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's a there's a Anglo-Saxon sort of devil called Plagarth, because the estate in Dorrington, the council estate, is called uh, Plagarth Estate. Oh, is it? That's where the church was meant to be. Right. Every time they tried to put a brick down, they would start building the church in that spot, mm. and at night time, or they would go the next morning and the bricks would be moved to where it is now. Mm, right. That's the only story oh, I know shit. about it. No, yeah. That's weird because I... I know that there was a kid who was performing, had something to do with the circus and he got killed in the village right. and he's buried there even right. though the family's from miles away but that's like, I've never heard of anyone jumping off the roof. Really? That's, yeah. I, I remember hearing that when... Um, you, For a, the sake of the podcast, edit it in. Yeah, this yeah. kid, right? Yeah. He was tormented <laughs> by the face of this evil banshee-like woman in 1764. Uh, a woman from the, the heath in between sort of Ashby and Scotwick. Yeah. She was a, a, like a wild woman and she would infect people's dreams. Yeah. Bring and she would sort of awaken children in the village by screaming in their ear, but no one would hear it. If this kid would wake up crying... And this one particular kid ran up to the roof of the church, hoping she was whispering in his ear, sort of suggestions all the time. You know, you can escape me if you go into the roof. 
Yeah. Yeah. And he says, this one's like a great bestseller for next Halloween, actually. And then, he died. Now, ultimately, I'm sure he did escape her. But then the rumor is he became one of her sort of ring children. And then she had like a group of other children that she would then sort of possess to do her bidding. And if you sort of pass there at the wrong time on Halloween, these sort of ring children sort of drag you out of your car and she's like, it's been documented evidence of how many jokes you Chris. Like, he's like, holy George shit, sees me. I'm like, oh shit, bro, we gotta get down on something. <laughs> if you heard of Cool for Thought. You're like, get, let's get petrol in the car, let's go. If you heard of what happened at Cool for Thought, there's a uh, Cool for cool the Thought lake. I mean, if we capture one of them, they have to like, give us wishes or something, right? <laughs> one of these ring children. Like, they're not real. Cooperfoot Lake, tell me. Have you heard about Cooperfoot Lake? There's a lake, uh, Cooperfoot, it's out uh, near, like, out towards, like, uh, Billingborough uh, away, I think. Yeah. And there's a lake out there, and there's a, a mansion, and these people were loaded, and uh, they, had a, they had a pet monkey. And um, this monkey, as after they gave birth to this child, became jealous of the of the child, and it um, it snatched the child um, and took it to the roof of their mansion and threw the baby off. And uh, that there's a, apparently some sort of ghost story there from um, Culverfort Lake because well, apparently you can see some silhouette of a monkey on top of the building or some shit or the baby. The monkey didn't die. The, the monkey didn't die. It doesn't make sense. It can't be. The, it well, must have been hell? a child. Yeah. Okay. Well, because it's a Halloween themed episode, we're obviously going to end. Because our man from New York, you can hear it in his accent when he talks. He likes his toast done on both sides. We're going to now make a regular segment where we're going to feed him some British food. Yes. Right? Because yes. it's Halloween. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense, right? This show's yeah. renowned for making sense. I swear to God, if you people made me like Even though I kind of have some dog treats. So we, we, we I'm a hit one of you. For some reason, we have chosen to, um, probably because of the price availability and the, the nearness of it, the door. <laughs> We've chosen to. Uh, I, I won't mean, get into it. I think so it's more the lack of concern for my well-being. These so are good. <laughs> we, we could have, we could have been much more cool. So for the audio podcast, we've chosen to give him a cherry bacon tart. This one is the Discover the Choice range. Some sort of value range Tesco's. So for, no expense spared. For, for the listeners. Next, like next week it's Marmite, surely. We don't know what cherry bacon tart is. It's a short crust pastry. Cases layered with jam, almond flavor sponge. It's a fo- fondant icing. Fondant. Fondant, fondant icing, yeah. And top right. with half glazed cherry. Yeah, so it's it's the very um, lower end of desserts. <laughs> to me, this has always sounded like a December sort of thing. Oh, yeah, quite a bit yeah. bread from, from myself. So <laughs> he's, he's taking the pie. He's, he's, he's delicately. He's, give he's, it a good bite, go on, have it. So the, take, uh, take the metal, the metal, 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 metal. You've got a tease. These would, these would never fly in America. You get the metal right there. People be eating metal in front of the cake away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they eat Thai pops, for God's sake. So peel, peel I mean, you can't lie. Those things look delicious. Come on. <laughs> There's a throwback to episode one. Peel back the silver. Peel back the silver. Oh, peel it down? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I kind of want to just like... It's like a little plate. You could probably... Throw it and like, like break it. Like, I'm not for you trying I knew we'd recorded it on video. <laughs> like if I just like maybe like like a flip it over into my hand. Yeah, you can do that. Look, however you want to just eat the damn thing, all right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> just make sure you get everything in there. <laughs> okay, tastes like dog's anus. Okay, here we go. So he's got it out of the silver foil. <laughs> he hasn't eaten it. He hasn't eaten it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not the foil. 
There's a lot of pontificating here. It's not poisonous. Well, I don't really trust you people. I mean, at the same point as Americans here, you're any of your accents. Discover the choice. Ireland and Clare. A renowned Clare manufacturer of dog food. Okay. So his initial thoughts on mm. a food that's not available in America mm. is available here at sea. Cherry bakewell. As I said, it's almond flavour, so it's going to taste a little bit like cyanide. <laughs> The cherry and the marzipan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of seemed to be a good balance there, along with the. Uh, mm. I like this. Seems like the perfect thing. We need to sell like a dental record. It really <laughs> leaves like a perfect tooth destruction. Um, so, what do you guys do to people on Halloween in this country? You don't we make feed them, like we, well, Yeah, we feed them cherry bakewell tarts. <laughs> yeah, we find a stranger from outside of the town, we bring them in, and we feed them poison cherry yeah, bakewell in tarts. In a basement. Yeah. And it's a bit like Russian roulette, really, because we're all going to eat one. Only one of them is. Yeah. But only one of them is. Now, we normally open it to guests, but we're never quite sure. Oh, pretty good. And then we feast on their innards. Oh, good luck. <laughs> Didn't I make a note of this? All right, so you're for the cherry bakewell tart. I'm going to make it for. And against look for Chris here. Mm-hmm. For so, so I need another one. Yeah. Okay. You need another one. All right. You want another <laughs> one immediately after the first one? Oh, oh you would eat Well, no, no. I just think you're George the feeder. I'll try another one. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that we can up the ratio of him maybe getting poisoned if he eats more than we've got, you know. No, I'm thinking, doing the math wrong, George. If I, eat, if I eat three of them, then I think I'm clean and clear, and then one of you guys gets It's a slow-acting poison, friend. It's a slow-acting poison. We're not stupid. We want to see well, a struggle. See. I got married a long time ago. It's like, end or beginner, man. <laughs> Well, that's the question. For whatever reason. You take one home for Ellen if you like. (laughs) (laughs) What are you guys doing? Are you like uh, throw eggs at people or like throw toilet paper? We get 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 drunk. No, on Halloween. Yeah, we get drunk. No. I don't know. It's pretty much it. As an adult, I hide inside, turn on my lights off, and hope kids don't come knocking because I've only got a penguin and an orange. <laughs> when you were a kid, you and I don't mean the when a, you were a bird, kid, you were <laughs> a chocolate bar. I don't want you thinking I sit with a real life. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah, no sense. Yeah, no, but seriously, do did you guys go trick or treating as children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Where I'm from, that's not really an option because mm. there's not really enough people that are into that. I think a lot of the grown-ups would be like, goddamn trick-or-treat. They don't know why they're American, but goddamn trick-or-treat. <laughs> <laughs> but what about like causing like mayhem? Like you guys light stuff on fire as teenagers? Like what you, and mean, not, not specifics, I don't want to know. It's just like anything that happened every day. And it's just tied <laughs> down to a moment. I think everyone was pretty generous. I think if they were not giving out on near, uh, Halloween, then we'd just unpin their chained fence or something yeah, there, you know what I mean something like, very British yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw there was a little bit <laughs> egg, but like was just kick, like, kick their fucking yeah. daisy patch gently lay their known garden <laughs> down like there of yours that'll teach it maybe, maybe ring the doorbell a couple times yeah, like yeah. five or six times and run away and like ooh edgy I have a great story for Christmas just so you Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you're about a month and a half off. So where are we for the cherry bakewell? You're halfway through your second helping. No, my second one, I'm, I, I'm just I'm not liking it. I think I'd have a third to really get it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> these are good. No, I, I like these. I would have one of these. I, I would. I, I would. We should get some marmite and toast for next week. Yeah, that's a good shot. Yeah, I, think I can do some marmite. Do you had marmite before? Mm-mm. Marmite's next week. Next next podcast, you'll be eating Marmite. I think if you like beer, you'd get it a sounds lot like, That sounds like a weapon in like an RPG. Well, you either love it or you hate it. What the taste of Marmite? Their, their okay. actual slogan is, Marmite you either love it or you hate it. Yeah. Um, it was I'm going to have some Marmite tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I'm on a cherry bakewell. I get it thick like black sludge, so it burns the top of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind marmite. Marmite and cheese on oh, toast. On toast. Yeah. What the fuck is marmite? Well, yeah. no spoilers. Yeah. You'll find out, won't you? Two weeks' time, <laughs> that'll be the next Aikido cast. Well, that wraps up the rather um, spooky, let's face it, Halloween special. I think we could have done spooky a bit. Fuck it. Who, who really cares? Uh, Halloween party here the on Saturday. The rest of the year is what's going to be scarier. Here we go. Yeah, we're Halloween up. party here on Saturday, from Friday to Sunday this week, this year. Unfortunately, we can't get DJs, bands, or anything too crazy, but we're getting, we're doing some spooky punch decorations. I tell you what we could do. We could bring them downstairs, turn the lights off, and replay them Chris's segment about of the Marine Corps about the Coast Guard. <laughs> and each person will think it's a cherry bake we'll give it to <laughs> yes. yeah. Or if you bring random strange British treats, I will eat them. I guarantee. And, <laughs> and Chris will be here. They can meet. We'll just put you in the corner. I'll be like, I'm going to clock off. There's someone waiting right. at the door. I'll be, well, I'll let you finish this up. All right. Well, we'll finish it there. Um, thank you everybody for your time, for listening to this fun, fun-filled podcast, the Aikido cast. I'm George. I'm saying goodbye. Over to my man. Uh, I'm Chris. Uh, you already know me, but I'm saying uh, hello again to George. I'm happy he's back. It's okay. a pleasure. I miss um, you, we, man. And we swing around and say goodbye yeah, to yeah, you, baby. Yeah. Nice to have a podcast with you. Last time, the rest of you stay awesome. See you next time. Yeah, take care. See you Saturday. <laughs>